I love that one song that we've just sung. Um, I, I understand it was composed locally. I want to sing a song to you, Lord. I want to sing a song to you. I want to sing a song of praise, Lord. I want to sing a song to you. I want to lift my hands to you, Lord. I want to lift my hands to you. I want to raise my hands in thanks, Lord. I want to lift my hands to you. I want to get down on my knees, Lord. I want to get down on my knees. I want to bend my body low, Lord. I want to get down on my knees. And why do we want to do these things? Because we want to praise Him. Because we want to thank Him. And because we want to worship Him. We've got a great God, haven't we? Worthy of our praise. And worthy of our adoration. Thoughts that I want to share this morning, they're brief in a sense, but I've got a number of scriptures that I want us to uh, read towards the end. Um, I just felt over these last few weeks, as I've been preparing uh, towards this morning, that um, the Lord wanted me to just bring something uh, along the lines to encourage us towards being a people of worship. It's worthy, isn't it? You know, I could be down in the dumps today because my football team were relegated yesterday. <laughs> they went down. But I'm not down in the dumps because there's something far more important to that. Instead of my team going down, I've got a saviour who's exalted. And I worship him. So, so what about Southampton going down? Wrexham went up, so I can rejoice. <laughs> But, you know, I've just got some scriptures I'll read first of all. Um, in fact, the one, I didn't bring that sheet with me, but the, the opening scripture that Ian brought this morning was very applicable because it's one I'm going to turn to <coughs> in a moment. But I'm just going to read two verses from, two or three verses from the New Testament. <coughs> and then we're going to go back to the Old Testament. Ephesians chapter 5 and the last part of verse 18 and into verse 19 but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God this should be us the people of God who have been ransomed by his precious blood, should be a people who are a people of praise and of worship. The Old Testament scripture, Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. 
We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I'm sure we all know that song very well. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. It's a song that does three things, lots more really, but three things in particular. It encourages us towards praise and worship. It reminds us of our relationship with God. And it reminds us of the steadfast love and the steadfast faithfulness of God toward us as his people. Now when this psalm was originally written, we know that Israel were God's people. When it talks about the sheep of his pasture, it's talking of Israel, because they were the sheep of his pasture when it was written. But we today can say that as we've entered into a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we too have become the sheep of God's pasture. In John chapter 10, we have the narrative that Jesus is talking to the disciples and he reminds them or tells them, and we need to remember that it would have been a Jewish audience that he was talking to, that he was the good shepherd. And if we go to that scripture in John chapter 10, this is what we read in verses 7 to 15. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. And just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I Lay down my life for the sheep. So Jesus talks about being the good shepherd. He talks about being the door or of being the gate. But then he continues to say in verse 16, after he's been talking to the Jewish audience, he then says, and I have other sheep who are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. And so what Jesus is saying, 
that there are others that are going to be brought into the fold of God. There are others that are going to be brought in to the good pasture. And because he laid his life down for the sheep, all who come to him by faith are included in his sheepfold. And thus, as David could say in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, so can you and I. Have we've, as we've entered through the gate, the Lord Jesus Christ, into the sheepfold and have come to know Jesus as our shepherd. And so there is one flock and there is one shepherd. And so we can say, as we read in Psalm 100, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people. And we are the sheep of his pasture. And so we've come through the gate. We've entered the sheepfold. We belong to him. He is our God. And we are his people. But going back to Psalm 100. Once we've entered through the gate. That is the Lord Jesus Christ into the sheepfold. There is another gate we must and we need to enter. And it's found in verse 4. Enter his gate with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So we've come through the gate into the sheepfold. But here we come through another gate into the presence of God. And it is a gate that leads us into a place of worship. And this is what it says as we summarise this psalm and some of the others. We enter his gates. We, did we sing it this morning? Maybe we didn't. But we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. So we enter his gates to give thanks. We enter these gates to give praise. We enter these gates to give worship. We enter these gates to bless his name. We enter these gates to sing. We enter these gates to make a joyful noise. In other words, as his people and the sheep under his care, we should be regularly entering his gates, his courts, his presence to worship him and to give him thanks for who he is and for what he has done for each one of us. And so taking those thoughts there from verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. There is both a personal and a public application. See, we can enter his gates on a personal or on a private level. We should be worshipping him every day. And I've told you before, I love to be on my own when Elaine has gone to work, she doesn't have to listen to me, but it doesn't matter because it's really the Lord that listens to me. I love to have the music on and I love just to worship the Lord and, and to sing and to raise my voice because I want to enter his gates on a personal level to worship the wonderful God and Saviour that we have. In fact, all of the time, we should endeavour to make opportunity to enter his gates on a personal level. 
But secondly to that, we should also ensure that we make every single effort we can to enter his gates on a public level. That is to enter his gates to worship corporately with other sheep. Because we're all the sheep of his pasture. We're all the sheep under his care. And it's good to be with the other sheep to worship the Lord together. And again, I want to emphasize that just as our personal worship should be a regular feature in our lives, so our public worship should be a regular, a frequent activity. And I'm going to suggest this morning, as far as coming through the gates and into his presence on a regular basis with the other sheep, it should be at least once a week without fail. It should be a priority in our lives that we enter the house of the Lord to worship him and to give him thanks with our brothers and sisters. Coming to the house of the Lord, and I'm going to suggest the once a week minimum should always be a Sunday morning, should be a priority of every single one of us who have been saved by his grace. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, we read a very uh, telling statement concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. It says there, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. It's those four words, as was his custom. I believe that we can tell from those scriptures that Jesus didn't miss a Sabbath in going to the synagogue. He knew the importance, even though he was the Son of God, he knew the importance of forming the habit of attending the place of worship every week. And if Jesus formed the habit, if Jesus realised how important it was, how much more should we today, who are the people of God, the sheep in his pasture, and the sheep under his care? And if we're not making every effort to be in the house of the Lord every week, and in particular on a Sunday morning, that is, if we're not entering his gates, then we should examine what it is we are doing that is preventing us from doing so and seek to correct it. Because worship and fellowship, as I've said many times before, is essential for the people of God and if we're failing to be the sheep that we should be safe in the safety of his fold we are running the risk of becoming isolated and lost and running the risk of falling away but back again to Psalm 100 the reason I originally turned to this psalm was because I was thinking myself about the importance of how worship is in the life of the believer, and I'm hardly touching it this morning, I'm literally just touching the tip of everything that could be said. But let me read verse 4 again. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. 
and bless his name. God is good. Amen. God is good. We have a great shepherd who is faithful in all of his ways. He's done so much for us that our hearts should be overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving. Every day of the week and every time that we come together. So I decided to look at some of the Psalms and to see how often and how much they call us to a place of worship and thanksgiving. Well, as you can guess, I've had a limit the ones I'm going to share this morning. Because they are songs of praise, aren't they? They're songs of praise all the way through. But there are specific ones that I want us to turn to. And I'm going to read them and I may just highlight a little bit from one or two of them. So I've started with Psalm 100 this morning, but I'm just going to go back a couple of chapters to Psalm 95. And I'll look at maybe the opening verse or opening verses of the ones that are going to mention. And just remember these are Psalms that speak to us of the importance of worship. Psalm 95. Oh come, it's an invitation. Oh come. Let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Thankfully the word of God doesn't say we've got to sing in tune. It just says make a joyful noise. So if you know that you're a little bit tone deaf and you can't quite keep with the beat or you can't quite keep with the tune, don't worry about it. God just appreciates the fact that we're opening up our hearts and our mouths and moving our lips to worship him in song, whether it's out of tune or not. Just make a joyful noise to him and he'll be glad to hear it. You know, I said to Elaine this morning, quite early these last few weeks, uh, from about five o'clock, you can hear the birds singing outside. And there's one blackbird in particular that is so loud it's above everything else. It doesn't bother me because I love to hear it. And it just seems to sing and sing and sing and sing. And at eight o'clock it was still there, chirping away as happy as can be. Well, that's how we should be. Chirping away, singing away, making a joyful noise early in the morning until we go to bed at night. Because our God is a great God. He's a wonderful saviour. And he's loved us with an everlasting love. Psalm 96, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Psalm 88. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Why? For he has done marvellous things. Who can say this morning that the Lord has done marvellous things for you? Put your hand up. All the hands are going up. Therefore, we should be wanting to worship him and to give him thanks from our hearts. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. I've, got, I've marked them all in red, so I've got to find where I've marked them in red. Psalm 103. This is one of my favourite songs. Psalm 103, 
Bless the Lord, O my soul. This time we're speaking to ourselves. We're talking to ourselves. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles bless the lord oh my soul talks about being healed of all our diseases well i've got a disease in my body i've got crohn's disease i've not been healed of it but let me tell you this morning it doesn't stop me from praising my savior because i know that the day is going to come when i will be healed of it when i'm in his presence every sickness every infirmity every disease will be gone because there'll be no more tears no more sorrow and all the rest of it And so we begin to praise him now because he's such a wonderful God. However we may be afflicted, it doesn't matter because he's a faithful God who loves us. So bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, that's every fibre of our beings, bless his holy name. Psalm 104, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. There's no one greater than him. He is the greatest. You can't fathom anything greater than God because he is very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent, and so on. Last week, if you watched the coronation service, you saw King Charles in all his regalia. All the robes, some he had to take off and then he had to put some more on, the crown on his head and everything else that he had to carry. Well, as magnificent as that might have been, it's nothing in comparison to the Lord our God because he's clothed with splendour and majesty, covering himself with light as with a garment. And so we want to worship him. We want to bless him. Because our God is not just a great God. He's the very great God. He's the true and the living God. He is the only God. The creator of heaven and earth. Psalm 105. Oh give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Psalm 106. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. This is a very telling one that links him with what I said from Jesus going up to the synagogue, as was his custom. Praise the Lord. It's a call to praise the Lord. Then there's the response. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. And then it says where I will do it. In the company of the upright. In the congregation. A call to worship the Lord amongst God's people. 
Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised. From dawn to dusk and overnight as well. We can praise the Lord because he's so good to us. Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And this is one of those psalms that repeats. No, this is the wrong one, but Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And then we move on quickly through to 122. I was glad. When? I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Why? Because they'll be singing. They'll be dancing. Maybe one day we'll get that. They'll be praising the Lord. Where else should we go to now? Come towards Psalm 134. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. And then we'll come to the latter songs. Psalm 145. We ought to be reading them all, but we're not going to do that. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Psalm 147. Praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him all his angels. Praise him all his hosts. Praise him sun and moon. Praise him all you shining stars. Praise him your highest heavens and your waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise where? In the assembly of the godly. And then Psalm 150. We have to read all of this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that's just a collection of verses. You might think I've read a lot, but it's only a few compared to what is found in the Psalms. But it's a call to us to praise the Lord because he is worthy. And when we come together on a Sunday morning in particular, there shouldn't hardly be any silence in the house of God because we're entering his gates with thanksgiving and we're entering his courts with praise. There are three words I thought of concerning with worship. First of all, in worship, we extol or we exalt the Lord our God. That's what it's all about. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's all about him. We extol him and we exalt him 
as we bring our praise and our worship and our adoration and our thanksgiving. But alongside that, and Ian mentioned it at the very beginning of the service, he mentioned this word, it said, he said this word, when we come together, our worship should be exciting. We should be excited to worship the Lord and we should be excited as we worship the Lord. And the third word is this, that in our worship, as we worship, exalting him, and as we're excited in our worship, we should wait expectantly for as we worship, I believe he ministers to us. There's something powerful in praise. You can come into this place on a Sunday morning with the world upon your shoulders. You could come into this place with all concerns and worries about so many things. But as we enter his gates and we enter his courts and we begin to be obedient, to worship the Lord and to let everything else go, he meets us. So we come expectantly to allow the Spirit of God to touch us and to bless us as we bless him for who he is to each one of us. The words of one of the hymns go like this. How good is the God we adore? How good is the God we adore? Our faithful, unchangeable friend. His love is as great as his power and knows neither measure nor end. So why should I not want to be in God's house on a Sunday morning? I can't think of any reason why I shouldn't want to be here. Not one single reason. There is no reason whatsoever why we should not want to be in God's house on a Sunday morning. Entering his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Go back to that line that I've just read from that hymn. How good is the God we adore, our faithful and changeable friend. His love is as great as his power and knows neither measure nor end. This morning, when we consider that his love knows no measure, knows no end, I wonder in return how stingy we are towards him. How stingy we are towards him. What is the measure of our love back towards him? It's a good question. What is the measure of our love back towards him? And we demonstrate it by being in his house. Telling him we love him. Thanking him for loving us. And being, as I've said, in his courts of praise. See, without his love and without his amazing grace and mercy... I'd be out there this morning with millions of others who were still lost and possibly without a thought or any care for God. But thank God that's not my story. My testimony is this. I'm redeemed. Yes, I am. By the blood of the Lamb. And because I'm redeemed, because I've been washed in His precious blood, I want to be with brothers and sisters. I want to be with the other sheep, setting this time aside every week to give thanks and to enter his gates and to worship him in the beauty of holiness. What a God. How good, how great is the God we adore. But also how good is our shepherd? 
how great is our shepherd. He deserves all the honour, all the glory, and all the praise. Let's make sure we give it to him. Amen.